1: What's up you guys? Welcome to the September 22nd edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to talk about some NBA news this week. We're actually going to talk a little fantasy etiquette uh, for for people joining leagues and also for those of you wanting to start up Dynasties. So we'll kind of mix that in here. Sort of a one-on-one or any ideas if you have Dynasty Leagues or any changes you want to make which you shouldn't do. Uh, With me to do so is Ryan Kanass. What's up man?
0: Uh, not much enjoying you know falls coming and with it the basketball season so we're just a couple weeks away and fantasy owners are starting to gear up getting ready for drafts which is wild because teams haven't even reported for training camp yet but we're we're almost there
1: yeah i'm pretty pumped for it uh i actually uh, i've been cheating a little to get my fan my fantasy fix I guess because uh, I've been doing some rotor world football blurbing so it's nice to do the game recaps and it's just it's so different analyzing a fantasy game for football because one play is just so big if a guy scores like a 60 th- yard touchdown it like makes your day whereas a guy hits a three-pointer who cares in fantasy so um, but yeah anyways we want to talk about some news there's actually some news now we, it's not been we've been scraped we talked about scraping together Brandon Ingram protein shake blurbs and all this, but we had a kind of a big piece of news today and yesterday that Markeith Morris is going to miss the next six to eight weeks with sports hernia surgery. So worst case scenario, eight weeks, that means he misses 15 games. Uh, so you pretty much can't draft him. We've finally seen the wheels kind of fall off a bit. He's been hurt a little bit more lately. Had that ankle injury that popped up kind of suddenly a few times last year. So I'm not really drafted him. Um, but what about if you're in a deep league? We saw Jason Smith. Jason Smith had that one game where he, he killed it like the Friday the 13th Jason for DFS when he was minimum. And uh, I think Kelly Ubre's is interesting. They they had a lot of success with the Ubre porter combo at at 3-4. I think that's a viable plan for them. Uh, anybody want to draft? And I guess you're just not touching Morris now, right?
0: Yeah, I haven't seen a ton out of Ubre Uber that would convince me to, to take him, but mm-hmm. um, you're right about Jason Smith. I think he's a guy who can get it done in limited minutes. Uh, final two months of last year, he played only 17 minutes a game, and he flirted with top 150 value. Um, almost a block per game in those limited minutes, uh, You know, more than four boards, solid percentages, doesn't turn the ball over, and he hit 1.33s in 17 minutes a game. So that's a guy I'm very interested in because if you look at the roster, who are they going to replace Keefe with at power forward? They really don't have too many options. Mike Scott, um, you know, they could play Otto more at power forward. And mm-hmm. then, as you mentioned, Ubre, maybe at small forward. But, yeah, I really like Smith here. Um, as for Mark Keefe, I don't – yeah, I don't think you can draft him in a typical mm-hmm. 12-team league, which hurts me to say because I got him in what was originally a mock draft with, with you and most of the Roto-World crew. I uh, took him in round nine, I think, something like that. Um, I needed a power forward. He was there. It was, it was an okay value. But now now I'm kind of stuck, and I'd love to cut him, but there's no good free agent power forward. So
1: Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. One thing I do want to watch is we saw, I believe, the Wizards' unit last year, their starting unit, led in minutes together. So we know Scott Brooks with his tight rotations. He usually places starters a lot. So I don't think he's going to be able to do that, which is kind of why I'm... A little bit curious to see where Ubre fits in here um, so he could kind of stick to his guns. I'm pretty much ignoring it. I don't really like to draft, unless I'm in a super deep league. I want to draft a guy who has a full season of upside. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty much just ignoring this whole thing. Uh, another piece of news is Noah Vonley uh, hurt his right shoulder or strain. He is going to miss most of camp and possibly the start of the season. We saw Vonley really, I wouldn't say bust out, but based on what the expectations were, You could kind of say he did. He had a pretty strong season uh, defensively. Didn't really do it fantasy-wise, but he had a good season. So they're going to have to replace that. He would have been in the rotation, especially with Alan Crabb gone. They would have had to play a little bit bigger at the three. So he was going to be there. So now with him gone, and also of note, uh, Damian Lillard said today he was hoping for Caleb Swanigan to be rookie of the year Not lottery pick Zach Collins So that makes me think, okay, maybe With Vonley out, Swanigan's the guy Coming off a monster summer league Guy can rebound like nobody's business A a deep league 20 teamer I have my eye on Um, Any other, and then also slight bump for Minu, slight bump for Turner, slight bump For Harkless, who I think is kind of a sneaky pick Um, But yeah I, I, I haven't drafted Harkless yet, but I can see Myself doing it yeah. Harkless
0: Harkless is interesting. He was a guy two years ago. He had a very good season. Another one of those per minute guys get racks up the defensive stats, can hit occasional threes. Uh, a little bit disappointing last year. He was kind of on the Kent Bazemore path of disappointing owners who thought that they got a real, you know, sleeper home run in the late rounds. Uh but yeah, he definitely gets a boost. I mean Vonleigh was a twenty-four-minute guy after the break last year, so it's a lot of a lot of time they're gonna have to figure out how to how to patch together uh Swanigan is more just a just a flyer pick i don't really think you can actively target him in 12 team right um probably helps aminu a little bit gives, gives him a bump in playing time because they have so many interchangeable parts that it's so you know the, the real question is like who's going to get the minutes so, um so this obviously clarifies things at least a little bit and again this is a pretty temporary injury it doesn't seem like it's going to affect him long term so in terms of draft day i don't think you make radical changes on your strategy
1: yeah, and I mean the the crab thing I feel like is an, an under talked about slash appreciated thing. Um, obviously the usage is low. I think he's uh, like thirteen or something like that, so it's not that. But again, minutes are big. This guy played twenty nine minutes last year, um, so that and Vonlay, you're talking about almost a whole game's worth of minutes. Uh, yeah. So uh, there's going to be some sneaky Blazers. We don't know who it's going to be, and honestly, it might be Swan again. I I don't like to talk about player quotes about teammates. But that struck me. Uh, I blurbed it, and I put it on the Road to Road headline. So, Caleb Swanigan, hype train. Uh, I always love guys who go off in Summer League. And he's a great story. Uh, had weight problems. Uh, was homeless for a little bit. I mean, just a really easy guy to root for. So, uh, again, we're talking like 20 team leagues. Uh,
0: yeah, what, what really interests me about him, you mentioned his he, – he was so hot, Summer League – but he shot almost 45% on threes last year for, for Purdue. So um, th- that's going to be something really interesting to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, he's, he's definitely a fan. He's not going to block a lot of shots uh, at the NBA level, I don't think. Doesn't really elevate like that. But right. big body guy. He doesn't really foul too much from what I what I saw. So he looks great. Uh, so really, I guess the big news that pertains to even like a, a two-team fantasy league uh, would be Russell Westbrook having a... You want to play in a two-man fantasy league, right? No?
0: Yeah, sure. You and I will just snipe each other. That would, that'd be
1: great. Um, uh, Russell Westbrook having a PRP injection in his right knee. He's going to miss the first few days of training camp. Second really top five fantasy player dealing with knee injuries, the other one being Giannis. So on a scale of, I guess, one to ten, how worried are you about this prp thing um, we saw reggie jackson have that last year and it really killed him granted russell westbrook's a little bit better than reggie jackson although they're former teammates uh so what are you doing does this matter to you and one to ten how worried are you about it
0: uh it's a tough question um it is the same knee that he had meniscus surgery on mm-hmm. in 2013 which he bounced back and shout out to pat hasn't, beverly yeah it hasn't been uh, a <laughs> hasn't been a big uh, real issue since then he's been very durable so but that said yeah it's it's worrisome you have a medical procedure on a previously injured knee before the season even begins so you know if you're burning your 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 number one pick in a in a draft if you have like the number three pick or whatever it might be why not just go with a somewhat comparable player like James Harden who's completely healthy you just just don't have to deal with any asterisks um so yeah it's, it's concerning i'd put it right you know in the five six range and, and a scale of one to ten um and you, you mentioned Giannis on the other end of that i'm not concerned about his knee um the the greek national team seemed to well basically did accuse the bucks of faking his injury to prevent him from playing and uh, potentially getting getting hurt
1: fake news and, believe me
0: yeah <laughs> and i i just i just haven't seen anything to indicate that that injury is real. Oh, I shouldn't necessarily say that, but that it will linger or or affect him in the regular season.
1: Okay, so here we go. I have Westbrook right now at five. I didn't make the adjustment on the draft guy, which I'm going to do right now, actually. So we talk about this big eight. Um, the Carl Towns, Durant, Giannis, Curry, Westbrook, Harden, Davis, and Kawhi. Does that move Westbrook to eight now, then? Or even nine with Jokic there? I
0: don't think you bump him below Jokic. And, yeah. and again, this is another reason, like... Um,
1: this is 9cats. To, to, to
0: yeah, so obviously 9cats, Westbrook is lower. And this is the reason people don't draft a month before the season starts, because there's all these question marks that, to some extent at least, will be answered during training camp in the preseason. If we see Westbrook out there, he's playing, you know, full-on, five-on-five, full contact, no limitations then fine, you know, take him wherever you you were going to take him. Um, but as of right now, it's really just the uncertainty that bumps him down. So it's tough to say. Like today, if I drafted him, maybe seven, mm-hmm. six, and especially in nine cat. Yeah, maybe, maybe even eight at the bottom of the sort of locked in pile of elite guys.
1: I'm thinking seven uh, based on what I've seen and how I am always wanting another big man in rounds two, three, four, five, and six. I would take AD over Westbrook right now pretty i wouldn't really think twice about it and, yeah and which you, is, which is pretty, funny uh, because i'm taking i'm like oh i think ad could be healthier than westbrook now how sounds so stupid but um i guess we're kind of short short-sighted
0: yeah and you're right i mean you you mentioned in your draft uh right up for an expert mock we did but bigs are scarce like once you get you know pat like into the middle rounds even there there are very few and far between so yeah. it's It's becoming clearer and clearer the more mocks I do. You really do need to just lock up some big men early, especially in a two-center league. Don't forget about it.
1: Definitely take AD. And uh, I do want to mention, because I know I've had some thoughts about this. If your league, this is if your league's legit. If you know that the people are going to be getting Marquise Chris and all these sleeper bigs we keep talking about, then sure, you know, draft the best player and don't really think about it because you know you can get your guys. But if you know you're in a league where everyone's on the waiver wire, everyone's reading road to everyone's just on it, you know that you need to be a little bit more aggressive. And that's and by the way, the draft guide rankings have that kind of built into the value. So just k- get the draft guide. Um, again, we'll probably talk about more what's, what else is in there. Uh, anything else you want to talk Actually, one thing I do want to talk about, I did uh, just quickly, an, an eight-team draft with the CBS guys amongst others. And it was lovely, uh, because I've been doing so many mocks with you, with Jonas, with Doc, with all the Rotor World guys, and I gotta be really aggressive on my guys. And I didn't have to do that. I got Avery Bradley like eighty nine. Uh, I got uh, Aaron Gordon a little bit later. I got Marquise Chris a little bit later. It was just really lovely.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would. I would like that experience. I should try that. Yeah, it's. Fun. I haven't done little. I haven't done. Uh... Fewer than 10-team draft in ages. I can't remember the last one. So yeah. just, just that alone would be kind of fun. Like, how am I getting this guy in round six?
1: But. Yeah, I got Boban in, like, the last round. I got um, Rashawn Holmes in, like, the third to last round, who would never happen with Jonas there. I got Jamal, Mur- I got Jamal still- Murray at, like, 87 or something. It was just yeah. it was a treat.
0: I bet, I bet there's a lot of good swing men on your waiver wire.
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, man. Like, And that's almost why I have Kawhi, I guess, eight. Uh, Because Kevin Durant's just exceptional, and he was number one player by a mile, so I don't think he gets bumped down for position scarcity. But yeah, anything else you want to add, I guess, up top, or any other draft trends that you've noticed?
0: Uh, I'm sure we'll hit on some as we progress through the recent news. For sure.
1: Okay, so another one of our boys is Marquise Chris, and Alex Len is going to be back with a qualifying offer, a.k.a. the Greg Monroe Special uh what are we doing here uh, we saw him kind of fall out of favor we saw them sign alan williams in the same situation restricted free agent they signed him first so does len just get bumped out is he just kind of there as an emergency backup for if tyson chandler gets hurt or williams gets hurt where do you they're obviously not going to go that double center lineup not going to work for the way they play but um does this affect chris at all um, I, no, I don't look at yeah. this
0: as, as Impact and Chris or where I would draft him, anything like that. Um, I mean, the fact that Len accepted a $4.2 million qualifying offer, the Suns explicitly said they want to see how he develops this year before committing to him long term. Um, there, there was just no market there. There were I, I guess I should look back through his blurbs, but I don't even remember any teams being attached to him as being mm-hmm. interested. No, I don't uh, either. It, it's kind of wild. I mean, this is a guy who's, a, I think, number five draft pick, maybe. Um, he's still just 24 years old. You'd think that there would be more demand, but with the way the league is is kind of changing and, um, you know, emphasizing big men who can shoot from distance and so forth, Len's starting to look like an anachronism, and we, I think we saw that in the lack of interest as a in his free agency.
1: Yeah, it's weird because what was his big bugaboo was the durability. He had uh, double ankles, I think, surgery on both of his ankles, yeah. Uh, and then had another surgery on one of his ankles. Uh, but he's been kind of durable. 78 games in la- two seasons ago, 77 last year, and about you know 21 and change split the difference uh, on the two years. So, And there was talk of his three-pointer coming around a couple of leagues ago. So it's really been the skill and not the durability that's held him back, which is and a, surprising almost.
0: A, b- a big part of that, I think, is because the Suns have
1: realized, like, okay, we've got this young big
0: man who's had a lot of lower, bottle, you know, a- a- lower body ankle injuries. So they've intentionally been very conservative with his minutes, which, again, hampers his fantasy value. There's just too many obstacles here. So if Tyson Chandler's traded, sure, there's a clear path. I mean, Alan Williams has been very impressive, but he's still six eight or whatever he is. He's, yeah. There's a certain limitation to his game. Um, and I think the Suns, like I said, want to see what Len can do in a full season. Can he, you know, blossom into a, uh, the next level? Um, I'm not betting on that as a fantasy owner, but we'll
1: see. I was a big Alex Lynn guy a couple years ago. I got him Weren super we all? Yeah, right? I mean, a guy who could shoot free throws and block some shots, man. I mean, he's still, he, his numbers were decent last year. 8.7 boards, 1.3 blocks in 20 minutes, 50% from the field, 72% from the line. That's. Just, I mean, if he gets 24 minutes, that's something. So, but yeah, he is tied. He's basically t- Tyson Chandler's handcuff. You're not drafting Tyson Chandler, but he, he's going to need an injury. It sounds like. Would, would you rather have Alex Len or uh, Thon Maker? Just throwing someone out there. I'd probably take Thon first. Um, pre-se- er, Preseason slash summer league hype, extra ball handling, which is BS. Uh, it's, he's going to work on his rebound, and they, they kind of pimped him for a good reason with how aggressive they were drafting him yeah. two drafts ago. You?
0: Uh, did you see? Uh, it's it's closer than I think you made it sound like for yeah. me, but I, I yeah, it's still probably go with Thon. But did you see the video of uh, that Willie Cauley Stein posted of himself yep. of him of him handling the ball on the perimeter and like it was hilarious. Like those are the sorts of off season videos that I love, where player like so, yeah, suddenly Willie Cauley Stein's gonna be thriving as a power forward because he's dribbling against someone a foot and a half smaller
1: than him. Whose job is to not swipe the ball away? Yeah, I, <laughs> I blurred that actually. The Kings did a, a story about it, and uh, I just, it's September, and we have nothing to write about. So I wrote about it, and I, I, dug, I dug, a, dug a little bit. Uh, he had 79.1% of his shots come without a dribble uh, two years ago as a, rookie, as a rookie season, and then 66%. That's a pretty big drop. So okay. uh, maybe he drops to, you know, is most of those are one dribble, bam, bam score. But yeah. I thought it was uh, something to watch, and I, I'm kind of liking Colley Stein. I've I've haven't been quite aggressive enough, but um, a guy I've got my eye on for sure. Especially if I'm uh, short on bigs.
0: Yeah, I didn't mean that to be a knock. Yeah. For fantasy purposes, I actually love him. Uh, it's just one of those off season reports. You just kind of shake your head and laugh. Yeah,
1: I think if I don't if I don't get Chris, and I've been pretty successful on that, uh, even even against you guys. But if I don't get him, I probably would have to jump up to round 8 and get Trill, I think. Yeah,
0: I mean, he's got the defensive stats are pretty good. He could block more shots, but he's like, if he gets 32 minutes a game consistently, he's a double-double threat. Yeah. Uh, You know, decent free-throw shooter for a big man, which we love.
1: Yeah, I took him um, in the points mock we took let, did last night. I got him pretty late. I was almost stunned where I got him. I think I got him almost like 100 or maybe even 85-90, yeah. like something like that. Yeah, to go in. Yeah, and that'll be in the Jared's writing that one up. Uh, it'll be in the draft guide. We're gonna we're gonna over under on the draft guide. I think we're gonna have like thirteen mock drafts in there. It's gonna be insane. Um, yep. Okay, so moving to 76ers news. Uh, MB is still not cleared for five on five yet, and then also Ben Simmons may not get restricted. Uh, foot injury again, full season out. We know that. Uh, he it sounded like he was possibly gonna come back. We remember the Sixers were the story of January. Uh, did, let's start with Embiid here I drafted him in the third round And I'll be the first to admit That was more of a heart over head thing I wanted Embiid, I blurbed Embiid so much last year I talked about him so much on the pods And I hated myself for not having him in any of my leagues So that's kind of why I did it um, Again, I wouldn't do that I would rather take Ply Al Horford Even Gasol or any of these other bigs Maybe even Millsap uh, at this point so, mm. you, you know darn well, you draft Embiid, you're not making a very safe decision. Um, I don't You you strike me as someone who would never draft Embiid. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you have an accurate read on me. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure.
0: and, and you yourself, I mean, you drafted him, but you, you talked repeatedly about how, right. how you just wanted a piece of that yeah, you exactly. know, enter, entertaining uh, stuff. No, like,
1: now that I have Embiid on one team, I'm probably never drafting him again
0: yeah yeah and I mean, there's a quote um Derek Bodner, one of their beat writers, quoted uh that he is on a, a conservative path that will put him in a planned progression to have sustainable encore success, and that's the sort of like like three qualifications in one quote about his role. ugh, I can't do it so uh, last night you talked about that points draft i I took Rashawn home somewhere. Around like a hundred, hundred maybe considerably later, maybe earlier I forget. But I was, I'm happy. I think Rashawn Holmes gets a big boost because it, I mean, everything about the Sixers' language, the way they've been treating him, the fact that he hasn't been cleared to five on five, it all points to significant restrictions. Um, and and Hol- you know, Okafor, there are, you know, nonsense reports about him being like the first man off the bench. Yeah, it's all yeah. just stuff to try to drum up his trade value and, and get him out of Philly.
1: Yeah, that you you hit the nail on the head. The big takeaway here is don't let someone else draft Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, Um, you know, be aggressive. Um, We with us, we're usually it's uh, and the point points things a little different because he's not really a great points guy, but he's phenomenal in in roto. Um, Have you come away with him yet in a roto draft with us? Who's this? Holmes Uh, in a roto 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 head to head. You know, just not points.
0: I don't think so, no. But I, I, I became more bullish on him yeah. with this Embiid sort of update. So yep, I, I, yep, hope, I hope, I hope to over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, again, that's the big takeaway here is if you draft, if you're bold enough to draft Embiid, which I'm fine with, be aggressive on Holmes. Um, you need that 75, hit. maybe. I mean, depending on how you feel the league out, uh, you need that man. Uh, this is like we found a sound in football. If you had DeMarco Murray and you didn't draft Derrick Henry, you're feeling it right now. Um, and I had Derrick Henry in like four leagues, and I'm trying to fleece the guy who has Murray because um, he's screwed up. you got to draft your handcuffs, man. If you have to burn an extra pick, do it. But, um, yeah, dude, I, I, he looks great. Uh, you mentioned that Julio Okafor will, quote, get every opportunity to earn playing time okay. Um, <laughs> and then there was an early report saying that 76ers are going to check in with the rest of the league, so they're still shopping him. We saw Holmes play really well. They love him. They love the way he fits the offense and the defense, especially. As great as the whole vegan story is with Okafor, yeah, Holmes. You're if you missed on eighty five on your pick eighty five for a guy who is he's kind of like Bowman to me. Um, give him twenty two minutes and you're going to be satisfied, um, especially yeah. if Embiid is out. And that's even if Embiid plays, man. Like they're not going to play Embiid thirty five minutes a game. Yeah, so. and this is one more reason to, to be leery, because, right,
0: so you draft Embiid, you're already rolling the dice, then you need to overpay for his backup, because otherwise you're leaving yourself exposed, so it's like a double gamble at that point, you're you're, yeah. you're then burning a pick on Holmes that you might otherwise see some, you know, excellent, like T.J. Warren catches your eye or something yeah. like that.
1: Turin Prince but, also but, goes in that, that, that's that's kind of that tier yeah. there, we always, you draft T.J. Warren, I draft Turin Prince. Jonas drafts Holmes. That's a very common, like, round eight for us. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> We're settling into yeah, yeah,
1: it. Like, yeah, we, we draft with each other too much. Um, again, we throw these numbers out. You guys in your leagues I won't know. have to be as aggressive as we are. And that really, again, drives home the point. Like, know your league, man. Like, if you know yeah. this guy's a Lakers fan and you want to get Brandon Ingram, but you want him pretty bad, you're going to have to probably take him in round six or seven.
0: I took Levert over Bazemore, could which see. I think in, in a typical league I would have left him out there because I think I could have gotten him the next round. Yeah. But I knew you were you were going to take him right there. Yep. So I was like, well, eh, I'll just take Levert, and maybe Bazemore will fall to me, and he didn't. But yep. And then yeah, also you got to know know your opponent.
1: Again, to your point, I was taking Jared Allen last round of every draft, and then you started taking him like the second round, and then I started taking him like third round, and then now he's like fourth to last round. Um, it's just funny. This we just do so many drafts with each other, man. Um, all right, uh, Simmons, real quick. Uh, are you buying this no restriction thing?
0: Um, not fully, but uh, I mean I've got well established reservations right. about his fantasy appeal. Uh, less so in points leagues and DFS, but yeah, for roto purposes, I guarantee I won't own him anywhere this year. Guarantee. Just because ever he's other people value him more highly than i do i'm I'm worried about his percentages and turnovers and how he's gonna share the ball as this like pseudo point forward with faults and uh, you got Brett Brown you know preaching that t j uh, McConnell has earned minutes and I, I'm just. I don't know. How, how it's all going to play out, I don't know. But I don't necessarily want a piece of that.
1: Yeah, I don't think I am either. I think the closest he's been to the top of my queue for guys I want to draft was like 9 or 10. So he was like getting kind of close. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to draft him. He's going to be really fun. Um, definitely want a piece of the 76ers. But it's tough. Like I love the 76ers so much. But the hype and... The minutes restrictions and their depth now is just concerning. Like I'm not drafting Robert Covington and pretty much off Sixers. Yeah. It's,
0: Covington's um, an interesting
1: topic. We're getting a little bogged
0: down with the Sixers, but it's it's a fertile ground. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. And Covington has been so good the past few years. Those insane like five steal games. I mean, he had a stretch last year and the year before, I think, where for multiple weeks he was averaging like Three steals a game if not more yeah, He was Just, like
1: the number one player for like a 10 game yeah, stretch or something Game
0: game changing statistic though. But you're right you can steal him In like the 80s if not later this year
1: Yeah I, I'm not uh, Okay so if you had to pick one Out of Simmons Covington and Markel Fultz They're all going kind of in the same neighborhood I'm guessing mm-hmm. you would go Covington Fultz-Simmons Is that right?
0: probably yeah and and this is another thing where I want to see these guys in training camp I want to watch them in the preseason it's hard for me to draft before I've even seen how this how these units look so yeah I would... Yeah, and it's worth it. The m- NBA.com frequently has the they will air preseason games. It's like four ninety nine or something. Fan- fantasy owners should buy that package. Yeah. <laughs> just watch those games. See you know see for yourself how people look. It's I can't overstate that.
1: Yeah, it's so worth it. Uh, I would probably go Simmons, Covington, Fultz personally. Uh, I want I want the mystery box, and I'm buying a little bit of the hype that they're talking about um, just because. Simmons is, is just so unique, man, and he'll be a fun player to have on your team. He'll be another guy I probably want to just have if I'm in, like, another cheap league. I'm like, ah, sure, I'll draft Ben Simmons at, like, 65 or something. If I get if, like, after I take Murray and Gordon and Chris and all that, and if Simmons is still there, then I'll make pounds. Uh, okay, so Zach Lowe wrote a great column today. Uh, he's doing some previews. He talked about, like, six players to watch kind of a thing. He did mention Rodney Hood as a possible twenty-point-per-game score, which fits all into this whole narrative of Hood having a big season. And I've been more and more—I've been—I've been been drafting him a lot, man. I think I've probably got him in like seventy-five percent of the drafts I've been doing, uh, including last night in the points league. I got him. Um, So, so quickly on Hood, what is again? We saw the knee injury. Uh, His assists are probably going to drop a little bit with Rubio handling the ball so much. But I think the threes could go up. We've seen Rubio really boost some guys. Uh, so just quickly on Hood, what, where do you stand on him? I guess I've never been a big Hood Hood guy.
0: I feel like a lot but, of other people are are drafting him rounds ahead of me, um, even amongst like the Roto World crew. Uh, he just I don't know the, the durability. You know, injuries have been a constant throughout his career. So hopefully that will change. Except for 2015-16, he only missed three games, but. Um, you know, I missed uh, 23 games last year. The assists have never quite been there. He's never averaged more than 2.7. Never averaged more than 3.4 rebounds. So, you know, he's an he's a good free throw shooter, but didn't shoot great last year. He's never shot better than 42% from the field in his career. So, there's all these upside questions that I have. Like, what is his ceiling? I don't see it as being all that high. Yeah. So, I'm not I'm not going to reach for him above like. 80, which means that I'll never get him.
1: That's, yeah, I mean, that's where I've been getting him pretty much. I've got yeah, him at like, right around there? Right around 90. Right after I get the, like, I grab three Prince first, and then it's usually like my next pick is Ronnie Hood.
0: Yeah, I just feel like usually at that point there are other, I'm either drafting for position, because he's a, you know, usually shooting guard, small forward eligible. Those guys are redundant. Like, there's so many of them, and I'm, I'm usually had, like, just drafted Gary Harris at this point. So. Yeah, the need for another swingman just doesn't hit. So
1: maybe that's part of it, too. Okay, so how about um, Rodney Hood or your boy TJ Warren?
0: That's a good question. Uh, Probably take TJ Warren just because I'm intrigued by his upside. He had some awesome stretches last year. Uh, And the Suns are going to turn their young guys loose and less concerns about
1: durability. Yep, I have them next to each other. Uh, with Hood ahead uh, for the ranking, so I'm also really close on those two guys. Um, yeah, I got Warren again in that that CBS draft yesterday because you weren't there to snap him up from me. <laughs> it's like, oh, Ryan, you know, like we said, we knew each other's picks. Okay, so another interesting thing on that low column was the Pelicans, according to Alvin Gentry, that Drew Holiday will quote guard the Paul Georges and Kevin Durant's. Um. So, that means they're going to play him at the 3 And apparently a lot, although I will add This quote could be old, this could be before the Cunningham and all that stuff But it's still telling that they're really going to go small 1-3 through three, and play Boogie and AD up front I haven't drafted Holiday, and I've been a Holiday guy pretty much my whole life um, Since the Sixers days and All-Stars and all that But I haven't got him yet, man uh, I'm drafting Jamal Murray instead, and so I, I haven't got him yet, but I I could see myself taking him, but I don't like hearing that. I don't want to hear him... I mean, with Rondo there, Drew also said he doesn't think Rondo will affect him, um, so what do you think in there?
0: Um, I mean, it, to to say that Drew Holiday is going to guard Paul George <laughs> and Kevin Durant and LeBron James or whoever, is it impossible. Like, that? they're probably just laughing at that quote. Um... But regardless, I mean, he's going to get his minutes. I, Rondo, for sure, his presence, Holiday's assists have to drop, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a question about his usage rate with with Davis and Cousins both in town. And yes, last year he actually was good after the break. Like it didn't, he wasn't crushed by the arrival of Cousins. Um, but I'm a bit leery, and again, I, I hate to harp on this, but much like Hood, it's the injuries. Holiday's just constantly been missing games throughout his career. Uh, over the past six seasons, he's only played more than 67 games once. So that alone, like that, that's my argument. I, and that's why other people draft him before me.
1: Yep, I pretty much hit the nail on the head. I'll move along then. Um, Harrison Barnes, also in that column, is shooting for three dimes a game. That is quite a hefty boost. Uh, it's almost double. We know Harrison Barnes kind of like uh, Devin Booker-esque, where he's just not the kind of guy that's going to stuff the stat sheet uh, he's, he was actually better from the field, though. That's the other thing. So where Booker will add a little bit more dimes and threes and all that, uh, Harrison Barnes is solid in percentages. He kind of has been. He was actually better than I thought. I mean, 47% from the field with the added usage was kind of impressive. Not really talked about enough, by the way. Um, are you buying that? Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is still there, coming off 19 points per game. I guess what are you thinking points-wise? I know you won't be drafting Barnes, and neither have I. But um, I guess for people who are maybe in a points league, who would be... I, if in a points league, I would consider him. But um, what are you thinking, stat line, for Harry B?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, last year he averaged 19 points per game, so you got. I think he could push 20. Uh, they're, they're clearly sort of shifting towards him as their go-to option. Uh, rebounds are north of five last year. The assists, yeah, I'm not necessarily buying that he'll get to three, but... Um, anything above 1.5 that he had last year would be great. And to his credit, and do you think this is an aberration? He went from having never shot better than 76% from the line last year to shooting 86%. You just you don't
1: see that. Yeah. Um, 10%, a 10% are, you, are you buying choice. that?
0: Do you think he's an 85-plus percent free throw shooter? Did he correct something in his stroke?
1: Uh, when I get this question, I always like to do this. I like to go through it month by month and see if, if anything was bad. Let's do that. So yeah, we turn up. I love this is my favorite thing. So 86% in November, 88% in December, 83% in January, 77.1% in February, which was also the smallest sample. Uh, he's 80, that guy. Yeah, 89% and then 94% in the small sample April. So that's the smallest sample. Um, okay. So he's that guy. Now. He's that guy. Yeah, I, would, I probably wouldn't say that high. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe he's even better next year. Because, I mean, you look, you look at it, um, I guess we'll throw out the rookie season for the light sample, but um, in thir- 13-14, 72%, 72% again, 76%, and then 86%. So he's trending up. So yeah, man, I'm down. I'm down to call him that guy. Yeah, so that's cool. So so basically the, the holes in his game are assists, steals blocks,
0: punches a big hole in his value in, in roto leagues and uh, category-based leagues, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I take him in the right situation. I did draft him in one league. Um, yeah, I think he's kind of sneaky. He's durable.
1: Let's do the I'm same thing for field goal. Because like we said, that 47% from the field with the added usage is really impressive. So let's do that. Yeah. So November, 46%, 47% December, 49% January, 48% in February, 42.4% March. So there's one down month in there and then closed out with a 52% April. So he's... I guess that guy, really. And that, and that's with a new team, a yeah. new coach, a new
0: everything, a new role as a go-to guy as opposed to just being the, you know, perennial role player with the Warriors. So I was hugely impressed. I, I don't think I drafted uh, Barnes last year, a lot, you know. And, yes, the, you know, we, we talked about the uh, deficiencies in this fantasy game. But I was impressed, and I think he's, he's on a trajectory of growth and – I could see getting behind him. You know,
1: I uh, I think we've had a few pod moments where I will get on a guy based on this chat. This is one of them right now. Like, I feel like I've been low on Harrison Barnes. I mean, the Mavs were were dead last in pace last year. They're going to be up there. Uh, I think Dennis Smith Jr. helping is going to give him maybe more threes. The minutes are going to be there. He's 25, right in this prime. He's been durable, pretty much. For yep. most of his career, uh, yeah, man, we got. Doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, man, Harry B. He kinda, he's kind of there. He can <laughs> hit threes. I mean,
0: I think we're talking ourselves into. I know. I'm. I'm excited <laughs> to
1: draft him right now. So let me see. Let me see where I have him now. Um, okay, so I have him one spot ahead of Tobias Harris. Um, I have him. I have him pretty high actually. Um, so I have Marquise Chris ahead, who I, I wouldn't change. Avery Bradley still had. Actually, I do have him pretty high. But I would still take okay. Gordon. I would still take Gary Harris. Um, but I would take him over Areza with, with uh, mellow concerns, over Simmons as well. So I actually do have him pretty high. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I'm thinking, I think he's like a legit 6th, 7th rounder.
0: Yeah, I'm with you.
1: Cool. Nice. Harry B. love. For all the negative things we said about Harry B., um, we get a Harry B... pod. Alright, so uh, let's talk about... I've had something come up that I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, We're going to talk fantasy etiquette just for a little bit. Um, I'm in this football league, and it's kind of a family league. They wanted to invite someone in there. I was in it last year, and again, it's mostly family people. It was pretty quiet, but we had a chat, and we were a little bit more hands-on and trash-talking and stuff. And so anyways, this one trade went down that was... Just lopsided. It was, uh, for you guys who are football guys, it was Drew Brees and Brandon Cooks for Russell Wilson, um, Jarvis Landry, and like some throw and Shane Vereen and Dante Foreman or something. Um, it's very lopsided trade. And so the good team got the Brees side and the bad team gave it up. And I was like, and you know, I didn't say anything because I don't like to call collusions on people. And... You know, he was talking trash about my team, and I said, "Okay, cool, good, good job ripping off your son on that trade." And he lost it; like he started calling me names, curse words, cursed me out, all this, and it was just very unprofessional. And I just kind of dropped it. And I was like, "All right, man, just say you're sorry. We can just move past this." And he wouldn't do it, and so I started making a case that it was collusion. Wrote this whole thing up, and his son even admitted that he accepted a trade that he knew he lost. He they didn't, you know, he wasn't you know dumping players like full-on collusion but if you're accepting a trade that you know you're losing that's collusion to a lesser degree man um so i it just if you're, don't ever 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 accept a trade that you think you're losing ever uh and if you are then you know it should be reversed man
0: yeah so. maybe
1: there's you know there's the old
0: uh, axiom don't don't do business with friends or family. Yeah. Maybe maybe don't be in a fantasy league. With yeah, man. I mean this guy's team either. is you're right. I mean, if you if someone admits after the fact that they knew they were losing a trade. And no one then, and no then, one changed
1: value. Like they had the same value that day that they made the trade and the day they admitted to losing the trade.
0: Hmm. Right. So and the question then becomes why why did you accept a trade that you knew you were losing? Yeah. And that opens a whole can of worms.
1: Yeah. And so I was down to drop it, but like we said, that guy treating me with such like respect. Your fellow fantasy owners is the moral of the story here as well. Don't take it personal. You know, talk trash about someone's team. I'm cool with talk about a bad trade that was made that they'd lost. Whatever works. You know, but don't start calling out names, man. Just be nice to each other, man. To, especially these this day and age, man. Just be nice to everyone. Yeah. It's not worth it to to start yeah. beef over fantasy, man. Just, uh, it's not cool.
0: It's funny. Like I, I had, this was probably six years ago, but I was in a fantasy football league with a family member and some other friends and so forth. And I, I was doing very well. I don't even follow football all that all that much, but I, especially to the extent that I would need to, to be good at fantasy, but I was doing well in the league. And I, I was posting some like good natured trash talk on the, on the boards. And one of the league members just lost his mind like he didn't understand the rules of fantasy where like smack talk is part of the game you yeah. just accept it and he, he made it very personal and started like personally attacking me and it, it, yeah it went way beyond the bounds of
1: yeah I mean, good I,
0: taste or common sense
1: really yeah this guy lost it dude all i was saying was he called me a piece of blank because i said i always I said was you rip all i said was you ripped your son off i, I didn't call out collusion I didn't do any of that, and he's already like going off, dude. And this guy, I mean, I I guess because of he knows that I work for Roto World, and he's he's always had it out for me, you know. He's I, I joke with him; he's obsessed with me, but um, <laughs> like I I could tell that that just it set him off, dude. He he went off, man. And I was like, all right, dude. uh I didn't mean that to say you're sorry for saying what you did, and it just wouldn't. This has been like a four day thing, dude and yeah. uh, it's just I'm just like alright he wants me to apologize to him I'm like fine Like you write it for me I'll post it I don't care anymore this, this is just too ridiculous so if, yeah, if, if, it's, if, this is supposed to be a fun thing yeah. that entertains
0: people and we're all you know we're, we're all in it together it's funny because every year I'll get you know a handful of emails asking about typically from the commissioner of a league what should I do in this situation yeah. there may be collusion and usually almost always my, my default is don't accuse people of collusion unless it's extremely clear. Like, it's very hard and why make this, you know, like a very serious accusation for something that should just be fun. Yeah. Um, so I typed into, I was looking through my Gmail history for, I just typed in the word collusion. And one of the one of the ones that came up I, that I clicked on was from December 12th, 2007. A guy was asking me about a trade that um, player A offered player B a trade. Corey Maggette for TJ Ford. Nice. <laughs> and I'm like, in retrospect, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Who who won or who lost? I don't know. That's awesome. But, uh, I, I think it was a case where, where the trade was pending, and then one of them, I'm assuming TJ Ford, although they both had injury histories, um, one of them got hurt, and then the, the other player accepted, and it was a question of, like, is that okay
1: Cor- Corey McGetty is the poster child for soft tissue hamstring injuries. By the way, like, every, ta- every time I think of a guy who has link, Alshon Jeffrey for football. Like I always think of Corey McGetty for that, and also another claim to fame for Corey McGetty for you younger fans. Great throw Yep, I was just gonna say he was like Harden esque volume. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. He he wouldn't shoot threes. It's just like oh man, man yeah, it's he, it's crazy how different fantasy is now, man. But yeah, it's just, just
0: funny to see like these throwback questions
1: about Jermaine O'Neill and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh man. I remember those days. I was getting so old. Uh, okay, so one of the, again, so bottom line, don't take things personal. If you're going to send trash talk, make it about someone's team, not about them as a person. It's just too, and even, again, if you know, and this is the thing too that I didn't recognize when I, I gave him, you know, calling him and ripped his son off. Had I known he was gonna react that way, I wouldn't have like you gotta recognize who the people who could just escalate stuff are and you yeah. know now, you, you kind of feel now. those boundaries out so Mike you said there were a lot of family members. this isn't your uncle and nephew you're talking about no it? no i'm I got invited <laughs> to there's like pretty much half the league is all family and then there's another group of close yeah. friends that are also family so I'm kind of like the outsider. And like, he's like the, the guy who I'm getting in this heated thing with. So you're, like, like, you're the outsider and the expert. Yeah. So well, one of my two, two Yeah, yeah Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, the other, the other family friends I kind of know. And they're all like, yeah, they're all really out for you right now. And I'm like, dude, I said to everyone there, it's like, tell me what I have to do to drop this thing and we can move on. And I'm being very professional about it. It's just this guy just, they're like, okay, do this and we'll stop. And you guys don't mention it again or you're kicking, we're kicking you out. I stopped. Ten minutes later, there's this whole big thing from him, and they like, uh, like it's tough. He's just, anyways. That's that's me venting right now. So I appreciate you guys. They, they, drama and fantasy, they just don't go together, especially when you're. This is a pretty decent money league too. So <sighs> that's been that's, yeah. been, that's yeah. been my that's been my life the past like two three days is just dealing with. this Yeah. Crap. So unfortunately, <laughs> because again,
0: I'll, I'll circle back to the fact that like fantasy sports are literally exist for people to have fun yeah (laughs) it's it's escapism in its purest form so yeah if it starts to get too real and you're and you're upset yeah like don't don't let that listen to mike don't let this happen to you
1: yes it's so bad man and i mean yeah there's money involved but i play in a baseball league that's 100 bucks per person and the amount if i had think if i had to think about how much time i put into that 100 even if i win the whole pot it's probably like 10 cents a minute or like 10 cents an hour, you know, like the amount of time I invest in this thing. Like you can't look at fantasy as work, you know, it's like going to an amusement park, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's obviously you want to win. It's, that's why we do it. We don't play to come in last. Uh, okay. So we ha- I had a couple questions about a dynasty. Anything else you want to add on that? No, yeah. we're good.
0: But um, um, if people do have questions about this collusion, stuff, so
1: just email us. Cause we yeah, have for sure. And that's the other thing, too.
0: De- decade plus of experience and yeah, opinions. Get, get in.
1: And that, actually, I talked to Jonas about it and a couple other guys who I respect. You want to get an unbiased opinion, and you'll say, hey, what do you think about this trade? And if they say, whoa, that's lopsided, and that's what they all did, and then you're like, okay, man. Um, so why was it so lopsided? And then you kind of get into that. But usually, like I said initially, I didn't even. I would have let that thing go, but the fact that he got so defensive, I was like, all right, cool. Let's uh, let's go that route. Let's talk collusion now, because that trade is bad. Okay, so dynasty, uh, dynasty setup. There's really a few ways you could do this. There's straight up dynasty, which I don't have the guts to do. Uh, for two reasons: one, because that league's gonna be re—you have to be rock solid. These have to be like your boys, where this kind of BS would never ever happen that we just talked about. Because mm-hmm. um, if you if someone drops out of a straight dynasty league, you're really gonna have a tough time replacing that owner. Um, and then there's the kind of a soft dynasty, I guess, where you can do this a couple ways. I'm in um, one football league where. You can keep X amount of players, I think five, but you can only keep them for five years. So you can do that. That way there's a little bit of a turnover on your roster. You won't have a super duper team for like a decade. And that works better in football because usually in football you're not going to have a guy dominate for a decade. Whereas in basketball, look at LeBron. He's going to dominate for like 20 years. So uh, it's a little bit different. And that's probably what I would suggest more for basketball. Is run, If you're going to run the straight keeper like that. Uh, where you don't have to assign values and stuff, and then there's kind of the sliding scale slash, just drop uh, picking draft spots keeper esque. Uh, where what I do for my baseball league is, every, like, if you can't keep your first round pick, and then basically to put it in simple terms, every year you keep a guy, it costs you an extra round in the next draft. So if you draft a guy in the fourth round and you want to keep him, he costs you a third round or the year after that, or you know if, if you got him to the twentieth. He's going to cost you. You can slide it where it's like, oh, it's four rounds that time if you're keeping him that cheaply. So I like that too. Um, that's probably my favorite way is that way, again, it prevents teams from just dominating for so long, and it's easier to to replace those owners. Uh, so that's what I prefer personally. Do you have any keeper, any other keeper stories or preference?
0: Yeah, well, the yeah. I mean, you mentioned that the full-on dynasty where you just You know, you have one draft, everyone keeps their players, and then the only players you could really add to your team are through trades or, um, you know, whoever's a free agent or a rookie in a given season. And that, to me, yeah, it can just become too lopsided. Like, a single injury can devastate your team for a decade. And that doesn't seem fun or fair. Um, I get it. There's some appeal. Like, Dynasty Leagues are cool, but, yeah, the, like, hardcore, you-own-these-players-forever mentality is uh, not not ideal to me. Um, I like more what you said, the, the third option of, of just bumping back, so if you draft someone in the uh, in the third round, you can keep them in the second round, that sort of thing. Like Make them more costly. And there's also, a lot of leagues have that you can't keep your first round pick. Yeah. Um, which I, I like that too, because then the elite players are up for grab and it's a little bit more nuanced. Uh, and especially in, in auction leagues, you can just add you know, if it's a $200 um, budget, you add $10 to the to the total of a keeper, and then you can determine how many keepers do you want. To you know, one, two, three, whatever the case may be. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more in in favor of those latter sort of formats where where it becomes more costly to keep those elite players. You, it's harder to hang on to some sort of dynasty and some some just game-changing elite
1: players yeah and actually one of my buddies he is in a crazy. i kind of co-manage it at times it's ridiculous like it's almost it's almost like you're a gm where the so the draft it was um every year there's a draft and it's an auction draft and basically your salary cap is your auction so you have to figure out how much money you want to put in for a guy mm-hmm. and it'll be like his contract um And it'll be for three years, four years. You go and give out so many four-year deals, so many three-year deals. And, you know, you do that. And then the rookie drafts at the end. You just do it straight draft. uh, And they're all on rookie contracts. So, it's intense, man. So, like, there was a trade where he had – I actually drafted for him last year. And I paid through the nose for Cat. And I paid through the nose for Harden. And I think he won. Uh, And he also got Isaiah Thomas. Like, his team was so stacked. Miles Turner. Like, it was just ridiculous but the way his team was put together he had to trade hard and away and he got like back seven or eight rookie like all these like rookie contracts and stuff it was re- it's really cool it's so much work and you really got to know what you're doing but um yeah it's i could i could maybe tweet out a link on that next time we talk about this
0: was that a friend of yours
1: yeah uh it's nice. in, it's intense man um it's on fan tracks i think so um okay. check on fan tracks if uh they uh it'll be on there i'm sure if you see it okay
0: i gotta give a shout out
1: to uh roto world regular reader dave freeman
0: uh who hits me up on twitter sometimes and we've had a long yeah email exchange over the past five years he is in the single most intense dynasty league i've ever heard of he he sent me i mean i have a five page uh word document with all the rules of their of their dynasty like it is wild. I'm like I do this for a living and I'm not sure I'd be <laughs> I'd yeah. be willing to sift through all the nuance it, and yeah it's it's like that it's tied to actual salaries. There are very specific keeper rules, there's salary increases, there's there's like subsections. It's amazing. I don't know who yeah. put this together, but um God bless them. That's this, and that's dedication. It's mean, true love right there.
1: And that's like at least like that you have to be boys with everyone there. Yeah, you can't you, like this. Like in the situation where, like, oh, I think I like this guy, but you have not think he's a good guy. You have to know he's a good guy. Like, there can't be any gray area, there. right? Yeah. Uh, for and to have that for twelve people, ten people, more than that, that's so hard to come by, man. I mean, especially so, with, with people, you know, they're up in their twenties or thirties, possible kids, all that stuff, and like things change so rapidly in life, man. Once you're old enough to put together a fantasy league
0: yeah it's also cool though how how leagues like that can keep people together like i'm friends from guys from college who i probably would have fallen out of touch with except except that we're in fantasy leagues and kind of yep you know that's our common bond it's it's kind of cool
1: yeah most of my all my college leagues and stuff broke up and actually um shout out to samus fondiari he does some stuff for warriors world i had him on a couple podcasts to talk about warriors playoffs games uh he's in a league as well that's all his college boys that. They're all over the country, but they, they do a draft. And also, Matt Stroop, uh, he's in a league where, uh, for Rotor World, Mr. Roundball Stew, he does a league every year where all his boys, they're, they live all over the country. And whoever wins the league gets to pick where the draft is next year. So he had to fly out to Austin, Texas what? a couple months ago. Yeah, I mean, there's like so much respect for that. I, w- I wish I had one of something like that.
0: That sounds like legit the, the league that FX yeah. Is yeah. yeah, like flying to a draft location for a fantasy draft. Yeah, and I mean,
1: again, he lives in uh, Connecticut, I think, or New York, and every, people live in California and Florida, and they all had to fly out to Austin for this draft and to chill, but... Wow. Like You want to win, man. You don't want to have to pay for airfare and all that stuff, man. It's like, it's... Wait, we,
0: we have trouble getting 12 people to show up to a draft room right? online, yes. just, let
1: alone I physically fly to California. Yeah, so like that's that's the kind of league where you would be doing Dynasty, man. It's just awesome. Yeah. All right, so anything else you want to add? Anything else you're working Again, let's actually talk draft guides super quick. Um, I put a few extra articles up there. I'm probably doing deep sleep. I've waited a little bit to do my deep sleepers thing in there because uh, I want to kind of feel who sleepers are like you can't really call a sleeper unless you have a feel for who's getting drafted where um, so I'll be putting that out probably today or tomorrow um, I want to run this down we got again all these rankings projections all the stuff we usually have but we got percentage killer second half studs scoring strategies for nine cat auction, auction strategy my ESPN default breakdown ranking Yahoo breakdown ranking too many mock drafts to even talk about. Um, that dynasty draft you did for the top 100 there, that was really cool. Um, injury reports, uh, sleeper breakdowns, punting strategies, veterans to ignore. There's got to be what? 25 columns in here and counting. Uh, so you're getting less what? All those drafts, which again, I'm going to update right now um, to move Marquise Morris down. They get updated every day. So anything else I missed?
0: No, I mean, we got stat projections um, and I've been planning, I got to come out with an average draft position report. Uh, I'm also going to have an auction value column coming out. Unfortunately, at the moment, the the numbers on Yahoo, ESPN, and other big draft sites aren't totally reliable. So I'm waiting until those numbers kind of firm up. Um, yep. yep. And then I'll break it all down and let you know, you know, where the values are and
1: stuff like that. Yeah, my ESPN default ranking thing so is probably like, 100 names on it for guys that are too far too high it, maybe even more man it's just it took me so long to do that they actually have Kobe Bryant at 692 so okay. <laughs> nice. uh-huh. alright so we're out of here on that again like we said all this, t- all this time we talk about fantasy 20 bucks uh, to get prepared better than you could imagine uh, and crush all season and just enjoy a good team uh, so you guys enjoy your weekend uh, be nice to your fantasy teammates have a great weekend and thanks for coming on Ryan
0: So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's gonna be great.